This will be my 24-hour weekend live stream where I just go through every data sheet in excruciating detail. <laughs> but you have to do it badly, especially as you get further on in the uh, in the stream. Have you listened like, to me talk? Of course it's going to be bad. <laughs> but I'm thinking like been- by hour by hour 15, it's going to be incomprehensible. <laughs> by minute 15, I'm incomprehensible. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Welcome to Preferred Enemies, the Warhammer 40k podcast that's uh, ready to get gaming. I'm your host, Rob. Kevin. Dennis. And Richard. And yes, we are all back together, and uh, we are going to, uh, we are recording now on Leviathan launch weekend. It is the Sunday after Leviathan has officially hit shelves, and uh, we're going to and we're going to talk about some of the 10th edition stuff that has happened over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, we are going to start, however, with something we didn't do last episode. We mentioned it briefly. We ran out of time. And that is hobby progress. And rather than me jumping to the start, Dennis, I'm going to hand the mic to you. <laughs> Why? Because I had a ton. You did um, have a ton. Okay, we're going to pick up after the U.S. Open. Uh, I think I mentioned that I'd picked up the Lion because the model was awesome. Um, and so I'll start with this one fully. Um, I love the model. Everyone who was in line loved the model. None of us were playing Dark Angels, but we all want it for the model. <laughs> I didn't know what head I wanted to use because I like both the normal head and I really liked the hooded head, but I figured, well, I don't know which one I like better. So, you know what happens when you have to make a decision like that? You don't. You choose both. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, his body is hollow, well, like a lot of the big models are. And so, I was able to put a magnet underneath the neck piece. And then I did both the uncovered head and the head with the hood. And I drilled into them and just put a, just a tiny magnet there. And so, yeah, now I have the lion. He's all put together and I can swap between those two heads. You can also pick the hooded head with the, um, helmet on, but, eh, I like the face on them. It, you can't really do that with the helm that has the giant wings because that will clip through the iron halo. And in fact, the instructions say don't put the iron halo on there if you're using that helm. So I said, eh, I don't, not going to use that helm anyway. So yeah, I have two helms or two heads that I, I, I'm excited about using on him. Um, and then to go along with that, I, I don't know if I mentioned, but I, in the raffle at Midwest Conquest, I actually won the Agastus box. Mm-hmm. And this got me thinking. I also have some old space, well, some old space marine models that Richard and I split a box of that were supposed to be new primaris for space wolves. Uh, I thought they're the, um, oh, they all begin with eyes, not intercessors, infiltrators. In- <laughs> yeah, there's incursors too, but no, these are yeah. infiltrators. <laughs> and so I'm like, huh, aggressors. W- 
No, they're not the aggressors. They're the infiltrators. No, aggressors. They're different. Aggressors. Not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm being so, aggressors. Aggressors. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> between that, I was like almost at a full um, army. So I said, well, what do I need to fix, finish this out? And I realized if I picked up Leviathan, that would give me enough space marines to go. And I kind of like the idea of this is a new um, Primarch who's gathering people. And, and so I've got, so I went ahead and got some of the um, Death Shroud Knights. Not mm-hmm. Death Shroud. And so I'm like, because they all have the hoods. I like hoods. Deathwing Knights. Um, Deathwing Knights. Wow. <laughs> I'm having a time. So I've got I think some of the Death Shrouds may have hoods too. So I'll have to. I look. mean, they do. They do, but they, they but. have a different aesthetic. Yes. A little Slightly bit different yeah. aesthetic. Although kind, kind of a similar color scheme, so you could probably make it work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I like how these guys have the matching hoods and shields. So there. Uh, but I wanted like people to like lead them and do all that. So the, the theme of this army will be like Primaris except for the, the knights. And so that's what I was going with. So Leviathan kind of filled that out. Although I do have a couple complaints about the Deathwing knights. Uh, part one is I didn't know that they were in the command box. I thought they had their own separate thing. So I couldn't find a separate box for them anywhere except on the GW store. <laughs> So I picked it up from them thinking, are these going to be fine cast or something? And then I got the box. It was command squad. I'm like, what? And then I looked on the back. Oh, it just makes, the, they all make the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish I knew that ahead of time. I could have just picked it up from friendly local game store. Um, <laughs> other thing on it though, is now that I've put together the Primaris librarian from Leviathan and hand him stick or stand him next to the death, um, Deathwing Knights. I almost said Death Shroud again. Um, yeah, there's a huge size difference. It kind of makes me feel a little sad. <laughs> but we can still have the, the show the old versus the new. Right. So, yeah, in the span of a month, I now can almost field a uh, Dark Angels army. Uh, all I need to do is finish putting Leviathan together and then start getting these all primed and painted. But wait, that's not all. Um, yeah, also at US Open, we were just, Rob, Kevin, and I were just chit chatting around and, um, it, we got me talked into picking up some of the, um, I'm going to call them noise marines, but cataphrons. Cacophony. Cacophony. Cacophony yeah. Yes. I, I, I haven't even looked up the word because I'm calling them noise marines. To use as no, noise they're marines. They're noise marines. <laughs> um, and I got thinking with them, and I've still got that chaos sorcerer from um, assassination box. Now I totally forgot the name of that box, but the box that had all the assassins in it. Um, and so I'm like, I yeah, can start box. that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't remember what that was called. Something assassinora, maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. And I've got the havocs from when I added the Slanesh army together with some. Slanish Chaos Space Marine shooting. So I was like, what do I need to like fill that out? Well, I can have a knight. Okay, throw in the knight. I can put Chaos Demons in there. Okay, I can throw in like a up to 500 points of Chaos Demons. I'm like, okay. 
add in some raptors and some chaos terminators to have the chaos sorcerer and terminator order have someone to lead and yeah I, i'm not at full 2000 yet but i could probably throw more demons in there so yeah I, I can say i now have a chaos space marine army as well with just picking up raptors and some terminators and what those are all put together already i just now have to prime and paint them i'm seeing a theme here but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, wait uh I think, yeah, so then between, I guess, Leviathan, Agastus, those are all the things that I've picked up, and I am in the process of putting them all together. And, yeah, then it'll be, I think my big thing progress-wise will be just planning out 10th Ed stuff, because I think I am going to do what I did for last edition, too, and, and get a table ready and start doing each of the armies at, like, 2000 points i might not have because i think i calculated i've got about 12 armies now and i even debated dividing them into groups if i had like three different eldar armies because since harlequins and everybody are rolled into one now um but so then you make, even, make 16 lists and then do a 16 team tournament if i did single elimination that would be cool but i kind of want to give each one a couple of rounds against different things but i don't want to well, do like do- round robin do group play of four teams and then the winners of each of each group advance. I watch world, way too much soccer. Sorry. Actually, no, Kevin, that was actually what I was leaning towards of having maybe five groups of three, have them each get two games in the five winners and then three others make it to my eight round knockout brackets. So, so that's there what I was go. contemplating, but we'll, we'll see. Cause I don't know. Cause people do differently. Knights will think we'll have an advantage. Because they're, they're just, as we said, vehicles are strong in this one. Um, I'm, do I tool the lists for different things of, like, making sure there's, like, a land raider in, like, my Space Wolves and Custodes? Do the Custodes, do I bring out the Orion now that it has rules and it looks really cool? So, yeah, it doesn't look uh, like it sucks. <laughs> no, it, it looks solid now. Well, yeah, the model no, is very, very solid. Oh, my gosh. And, and we'll heavy. talk about that more when we get into, like, Forge World stuff. <laughs> right. Which we will be ta- covering. But, yeah, so so my main progress is, um, you know how they say New Year, New Army? I, I, I've expanded in, in <laughs> adding two new ones in the span of a month, and I feel happy and sad at the same time for that. So that, that, that's pretty much my progress. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to know we all have problems. Uh, so yeah, um, obviously I, my hobby progress before this, you know, us open was painting a Voton army. And afterwards I've been trying to figure out what I want to build for 10th edition. Um, and like, I've, I, I'm like, I have sisters I need to paint. So I started working on my sisters and I tried out a technique with them, like for my Repentia that, um, I decided, like, I will try out, like, doing Xenothole in contrast and see how quickly I can and turn these out. And what I have found is Xenothole highlighting with an airbrush is definitely not the same as the Slap Chop technique because the big difference is Slap Chop, you uh, dry brush that thing all over in, like, very, you know, sh- like a base shade of, like, a grayish white and then a lighter grayish white for highlights and then a like a white for like pure highlights and then do um, contrast over that. So you're always going contrast over a, a white shade 
of some variety, mm. you know, like a tint of white. So it's always vibrant, but with the shadows like in the recesses. Zenithal gives you some of that effect, but the downside is the underside of everything is still black because you're doing like black primer and then white Zenithal on top. And what that leads to is the underside of everything turns gray and muddy. And on some things, that's not necessarily a problem. But flesh tones, it doesn't look good. Flesh tones look really bad that way, which Repentia, I don't know if you notice, they have a lot of flesh tone because they're basically (laughs) wearing their, like, workout clothes. Um, uh, And so, like, I was getting frustrated with them. I made some good progress on them, but I had to do a lot of skin tone cleanup for, like, the undersides of everything, which kind of defeated the purpose. Um, So I was getting frustrated with them. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to switch over to working on my Emperor's Children because I've kind of put together an Emperor's Children list and I need I need to flesh out my Terminators. I think I want to put some Possessed in. I want to paint up the new Demon Prince. I had also done those in Zenithal. And I'm finding those to be equally frustrating. So I was kind of getting, again, having to do a lot of cleanup on undersides of everything. So I'm just like, okay, I'm getting real, just getting frustrated with this. And so I was getting real stressed out because like I had two painting projects that I was just getting mad at. Um, so I decided to switch over to working on the uh, Space Marines from Leviathan, which I'm doing as Blood Angels to match, you know, to go with the rest of my army. And so I went ahead and got the Combat Patrol plus the five extra in, uh, in Furnace Marines because you only use half of them in the Combat Patrol for some reason. Um, got them uh, primed uh, actually, Rattle Can primed them because we had a day where there wasn't much wind and the humidity was only like 30-something percent, which was fantastic. So. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> so I got them Rattle Can primed, which went way faster than airbrush priming. A lot less cleanup. And then once the pr- uh, the primer had had about 12 to 18 hours to set, I did an all-over with corn red airbrush and then highlights with bl- uh, Mephiston red airbrush. So I've still got that kind of Zenithal effect, but it's all in reds. So it, and then I can do the details over that and it's fine. And they're in power armor. It's almost entirely red. And so that'll be really easy to replicate throughout the army. The only one I didn't do that way was the, um, the librarian who I did all in blue and then did like his shoulder pad in red. So like they're not done remotely, but I'm like, okay, that I felt less frustrated by. Also, I realized that I think I've been coming down from the intensity of um, work prepping for Midwest (laughs) Conquest, getting a Votan army painted, seeing like you guys for like two weekends straight, seeing a (laughs) a bunch of people, like all that excitement. And I think mentally I've just been kind of crashing on that and you know mental health that's is fair we can thing. be a lot <laughs> you guys know it's like you guys are really it's really good for me to see you all it's yeah. just like afterwards i think i was like both the energy and also like i've been kind of buckling down on a couple other things and i haven't seen anybody <clears throat> outside yeah. of my house for a couple of weeks much and it's it's like i'm I'm finding like I need to, I need to make sure I remember to socialize. <laughs> so yeah. it's uh so I've been you know I've been working on some mental health stuff and I'm not afraid to talk about that. But uh I, I think I'm gonna 
I'm going to try to tackle my Blood Angels because, like, I have Emperor's Children painted and I have Sisters painted, just not the newer stuff as much. I have been meaning to paint my Blood Angels for a while, so I think that's the next project I'm going to do. And I'm going to do as much of it with airbrush as I can um, and then just go in and do details after that. And I think it should go relatively quickly, especially if I just, again, kind of start with a small force and then I've got a 2,000-point list planned out with stuff I already have. I've got to build a couple of vehicles, but that's about it. Um, then I'm also trying to figure out what terrain to tackle because um, I want to have some more terrain. Because one of one of our old game stores that closed down uh, during the pandemic has reopened. Uh, Pulp Fiction Comics and Games. We've referred to them on much older episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. They are open again, and I'm going to look at running demos out there of 10th edition using, like, Combat Patrol. So I want to make sure... I mean, I'm going to have to make sure I have multiple Combat Patrols built, which means I'll probably have to build my Eldari one, too, <laughs> and finish up my sisters. But that's a problem for another time. Uh, fortunately, I think I have... For tournament play, I have my Tau, and I have everything painted for my Tau, so I don't have to do any additional hobby mm-hmm. progress but even a townar so so that's been me struggling with a couple of projects yes even a townar but yeah i've i'm struggling with a couple of projects and uh finally finding one that was scratching my itch and i think it's i think partially it was because uh contrast over zenithal is just not my technique and i had to find that out yeah well it's, it's very interesting you mentioned that because like I, I did my, my World Eaters Army like the month before Midwest Conquest and KC Open, and I was doing kind of the, the, um, slap chop method. When I'm doing, you know, if I'm doing hard armor or things like that, I think a Zenithal and like normal painting techniques are probably better than trying to use contrast, but I've been really impressed every time I've used contrast on like skin tones. I, well, and like, when I did my uh, Daughters of Cain, I used contrast for their skin tones, but that mm-hmm. was with an all-over white priming. And I think, yeah. like I said, it was the shadows, because anywhere where I didn't get that zenithal just right, like, if they've got the arm raised and it's in shadow, mm-hmm. suddenly it just fades, like, grayish black. And that doesn't look good. Yeah. And there's a lot of very dynamic posing with them, so... Whereas if I'd done a slap chop and there had been, yep. like, dry brushing down there, I think it would have looked better. But no, as you were talking about, as you were saying before, uh, I think it's just, I think it's one of those where different painting methods, different techniques for different jobs, um, mm-hmm. because I've had really, like, I really like the slap chop method for skin tones, because when I was doing my my World Eaters Army, there was a good mixture of, you know, I had some bare-chested exalted eight pounds, and then I had, like, eight pound with armor and stuff, and to be fair... The slap chop method in my, for me, worked great on skin tones and armor. I was able to get in there and get the, get the variety and get the shadows looking good on the skin tones. But I didn't like the way that slap chop looked on the hard armor points. So I don't know that I would necessarily do that again. So I think when I, when I work on my next batch, I'll probably, you know, kind of focus different techniques on different areas. Areas that are like harder armor, I may just paint normally or use like, you know, the, the traditional Zenithal highlight techniques, um, and then slap chop the, you know, the skin tones and the, and areas like that. So I think it's just, uh, yeah, I think it's just picking the right technique for the right, for the right job. Yeah, very much, very much so. So, uh, I haven't had nearly as much 
hobby progress as as either of you, but I've still done some. Um, I did completely reorganize my painting desk, uh, so it's actually like functional now. Um, I haven't. I need to finish putting up my. Uh, I got some. Um, Amazon has these uh, nail polish like racks that you know for like a store, and you put your nail polish in there, so like that. Uh, they're the perfect size for paint pots, and I've seen them on a couple other like YouTube channels, like um, Rogue Hobbies. She has those like in in the background with her paints on them, and like it's the exact same models. Like, oh, that's great. So I need to get those hung up and get all of my paints kind of organized because I got my two thin coats Kickstarter uh, set like the first batch like a week ago, and then the second batch is coming in a couple of weeks. So I've got like another like. 200 paints I got to find a place for and, and set up. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I've kind of done that. And then I've been working on building my, uh, my world eaters army for the, uh, for the grand narrative in Atlanta. Cause we all, I think we talked about this before, but we all decide, well, at least Dennis and I decided to go to the grand narrative and buy our tickets. Um, so I'm getting that army started. I've got everything spec'd out. I've got a list built uh, that is, 1,995 points because, as we'll talk about later, fine tweaking of points isn't really a thing in this edition, which I'm actually completely okay with. Uh, and I've started acquiring the models and converting them up and doing the uh, doing the steps on those. I've got the first two basically completed this weekend, um, and I'll I'll get some. I'll probably put some photos up and and kind of share that journey a little bit because it's I think it's an interesting project. Uh, for me on hobby progress, I went through and I I have completely built all of the uh, Tyranids out of the Leviathan box, put those together. Uh, had a an interesting time with like the the Screamer Killer. Like if you want to glue them together, like the the pegs are a trap. Don't. <laughs> Don't use those. Tail um, as old as time on push fits. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like that was because the screamer killer was the first thing that I put together. And then so like after I was able to pry the 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 couple of parts that were a problem apart and and get them like trimmed down and re put together. So he is pretty much gap free. Like, there's a couple of little spots where I might, like, do a little bit of gap filling on it, but it looks pretty good. And, and then yeah. from there, I was able to move forward and remember, oh, yeah, no pegs. Pegs bad. And, and <laughs> all the rest of the stuff went together fine. I was a little surprised that, uh, like, the Neurogaunts, they are tiny. They are little bitty guys. Um, yeah, little dudes. Mm-hmm. Yep. They'll they'll be neat but like kind of a pain to to paint, I think, just cuz of how small they are. Um and then I complete I I finished painting my uh beast boss on, on a on a squigath uh squigasar. That's what it's called. And then started painting some some knobs on smash squigs. So I, I think I'm going to try and and get uh, like the first army that I run in in tenth probably going to be like orc squig riders. 
kind of go all Beast Snaga style. Yeah. Well, Kevin, since you dropped the uh, the discussion point earlier about uh, points, let's go in. Let's get into our 10th edition stuff. Uh, so uh, that's, I think, one of the first things that we got over the last because we got all our indexes, I think, by the time we did our last recording or we were or I think we were just going to get them that week, like the week I was doing editing and we got all those. And then the end of that week is when we got the points for everything. And, like, we'd already kind of gotten a hint of, like, what indexes were going to look like, but the um, the points, I think, on one hand, I wasn't surprised, and yet the other hand, I was because I wasn't sure they would take, they would go as far as they did. But I, I can't say it was unexpected, and what I'm kind of dancing around topic-wise is that Points have basically, they basically went the Age of Sigmar route with points in this edition, in that the points are just per block of, of models with no options. Like all the options are just worked into the unit cost. Except yeah. For that's, one. that's kind of how they, they did it in the, the World Eaters Codex in ninth edition, where a lot of unit options were just in the unit cost and it was a free swap to, change weapons or you know like i think about on the eight pound which are basically the only new unit we got (laughs) um where it was you know you come with this or you can switch it out for this or this or this and it's all the same so i i think the hints were there that that's where the design studio was going with with making those changes and frankly i'm fine with it i think it's good like it, it simplifies list building a lot the other, the other one, the other part of the points cost that we can talk about is unit size. That's the one where I'm a little bit more uncertain about. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess I'll say points wise, I'm fine with it, except dot, dot, dot. You need to have options that are all, I'll say viable or all yes. usable because I mean, there are some things like, if it's the most powerful weapon and it's obviously the best choice, well, then the other options aren't there. Why are they even on the sheet? When there was more granule points, you kind of had the reason, well, this is more expensive, yeah. so that's the trade-off. Now, as for the unit size, um, I'm actually kind of fine with that because it kind of gives it a fixed thing of this is 5, this is 10, mm. this, and, and so everything is now fixed as opposed to well this is a six person unit because i that's what i had the points for now this one's so it it it, the part that gets me weird is not entirely points but it's how you can separate units based on vehicles yeah it for me like the 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 lack of being able to buy stuff individually isn't really a problem it's just where it gives you a little bit more unit flexibility if you want to fill in points because like i was going through and building my my world leaders list and i realized i was like 35 points short. So I had to basically pull a unit and add in a different unit and kind of do like some big like unit swaps rather than just being like, Oh, 35 points. Let me add one more berserker here and one more, you know, and a, and a jackal and I'm good. So it, it, it's, you know, yeah, it does get down some of the weirdness of like, Hey, this is an 11 man unit or this is a seven man unit, but it just, it takes away a little bit, a touch of the flexibility which not isn't even necessarily a bad thing. It's just one of those where I'm like, I don't. It's different. 
It's really well, more what it two, is. It's different. <laughs> the two things I'll toss out, and I was like laughing to myself when you were saying some of that, because as like someone who's built custodes list and whatnot, oh right. yeah, you you get to that thing and there's no granularity. It's it's like we were already having to do big unit swap things. For sure. Um, no, for sure. So I'm kind of <laughs> used to that, and knights were the same. But I think in this edition, it feels like your, air quote, granularity will come in the options you can take on the characters. Because yep. each yep. one of those are pretty cheap. Well, 10 to 35 points, it looked like. Right, um, yeah. And so that's how you can fill that out. Although some of those are really handy, so you do want your person to have it. So it's it's... Is it something yeah. to fill it out at the end, or is it something you put on someone at, at the beginning and then have those bigger gaps at the end? Eh, yeah, questions. Yeah, it's it's it change it changes the way you li- build lists. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It just changes it. Um, and is just to go back to the point you mentioned earlier about like the points on the individual like weapon options um, or lack of points on those. I think the big thing with the way they changed this edition, and I think this is. I think this is the thing that we'll see as like the edition goes on and we'll kind of see that if the balance is correct on this, but by changing toughness and on vehicles and, and monsters and stuff like that, you're making it so options like say on a sergeant, a power fist versus a chainsword versus a ch- you know power sword, you're making it so that like, well, the power fist means this guy has to go after this thing. The, Melt a gun on a squad means that they now go after this. A plasma gun means they go after this. It's not, there's very few just all take all comers options. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, because like in ninth edition, like in Space Marine armies, everybody took plasma because plasma was good at vehicles. It was good at killing infantry. Well, now plasma is not good at killing vehicles anymore. You have to take last cannons, melt a guns. Um, if you're t- facing hordes, you don't want to take melt a guns on everything because you need. The bolt gun, you know, you need the shots. So, or flamers, I, like you want flamers. You, exactly. you definitely want to have flamers in this army. So in, I, in this game. So I think that they've managed to make, and again, we'll see if this actually plays out. You know, th- that's the big caveat of this is we're we're a day into this edition. Who knows if it's actually going to work out this way? But the the logic that I'm seeing from the design studio on this is we're going to make each weapon have a role. And that's why you'll pick a diversity of weapons rather than we're going to pick this weapon because it's cheaper. So I, but I, my, I my hope is on all weapons, Kevin. <laughs> sure, sure, but <laughs> but like, but that I think that's the design. That's the design aesthetic for this is we're going to make you pick. We're going to give you the flexibility to pick weapons based off of role rather than. I only have the points for this, so I'll only take I'll take this one. Or this is the most points efficient, so I will take this. And I, I think it's kind of interesting because they're they're basically using not points to balance the game. And I just I just think that's interesting. Whether it works or not, we'll find out. If every if it turns out that everybody spams last cannons, that's gonna be a problem. <laughs> you know? So we'll we'll see how it actually plays out. But it's an interesting design but- tactic. But that's the other, I think one of the interesting things about that is, you know, okay, let's say everybody spams last cannons because like knights for are considered very good in this edition. There, there's a number mm-hmm. of rules that knights and knight-like things are very good. So let's say everybody takes la- as many last can equ- equivalents as they can. Well, if the meta shifts because Games Workshop adjusts the points on knights or changes their faction rules, so suddenly they're not as solid, they're still good, but they're not solid, Um uh, Suddenly, it's like, well, okay, 
I can take these squads where I put LAS cannons in and like, okay, now uh, elite infantry is good. So maybe now I'll take plasma cannons. I don't have to rework my entire list because I now I'm five points over. I just swap out those models. My list is the same. Yep. Yeah. That's so much easier. That's so much better. Um, I agree. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Tau uh, with crisis suits, Tau players are like trying to figure out it's like, Okay, so what do I do with my crisis suits? Like, I can build them any way I want. Magnetize them, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's like, what? Again, it's one of those things where it's like, how long were like triple and quadruple, you know, same gun suits? And, and Games Workshop kept trying to figure out ways to balance those and make it so that. Okay, well, we we tried doing it by making them progressively more expensive for each copy of that gun you had, and that was a mess. And it did yeah. lead to people taking mixed loadouts, which weren't always good at anything, or were good at maybe killing hordes or elite infantry, but not really unless they. But again, plasma was strength eight, melted was strength eight, so you were still yeah. a threat against vehicles. Now it's like, well, the fusion blasters are strength nine, but that's not that's going to be wasted shots against hordes of infantry so maybe mm -hmm. i go triple flamers and go for all the overwatch yeah but now i'm useless against vehicles so or other vehicles that's another th whole discussion <laughs> right there with crisis suits being vehicles now um sorry <laughs> but uh yeah so it's, it's led to a whole new discussion about like how do you build like a tau army when it you can build you can build your suits however you want and it doesn't change your list cost you don't yeah. suddenly have to like drop a unit um the other interesting or another interesting thing about that is it really shows where those enhancements now that they're not free upgrades mm -hmm. but they're things that you pay points for it's like they can be points that you throw in for like to patch a hole like okay i've built the rest of my list and i'm 20 points shy i don't have any units i can buy for 20 but i can throw an enhancement on somebody most enhancements yeah. come in at 20 points or less some are 25 um so that's you know it's nice to have those but it also means sometimes you want to take an enhancement or not and suddenly that means you may have to drop a unit from your list and take something else that costs less to fit that in i had hit that spot on my blood angels where it's like i could i think double up on something and I can't remember what it was. I think it was maybe doubling up on a squad of death company or something. But it's like, no, I've already got one squad of 10. I've got a jump chaplain with them, which I want to have with them to make them useful. Mm -hmm. But that, like with that extra unit of death company, that's great. But now I don't have any points for enhancements. And there's a couple of them I definitely want to have in. So that's where list building gets interesting. It's like, can you get everything you want in the list, including enhancements? And I think not having free relics, warlord traits, etc. I think it's better for the game. It does make it an opportunity cost where if you want those extra abilities, it takes away from other things. But yeah, I, I overall like this. There's a few places where it does kind of hurt, and especially because they are limiting unit size to generally what comes in one or two boxes. Yeah. And uh, there's a couple of cases where it's like my penitent engines, I have three of them. They are now ma they now max out at two instead of three because two is what's in a box. Death Guard, who are already having a hard time of it, 
really unhappy because Plague Marines are in units of five and ten, and their box is seven. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, yeah. just bad. And it just feels bad. <laughs> do, do they On have different options? Else. I'm the the box of seven. I mean, there's lots of options in the box of seven. So you can get out the different options and have a um, unit of five, and then and with a couple buy two extra boxes, dudes. and you can yeah. Yeah, it's Damn. it's so if you buy five boxes, you will be able to field <laughs> seven full units of five. But are you can't because they are they are battle lines, so you could only field six. But one of them could have ten guys in it instead of five. Quick editor's note, in the next episode we'll talk about this a bit more, but the box of seven issue has been fixed for Death Guard, so that's good to see. <laughs> The, yeah. uh, as somebody who comes from running, you know, two horde armies, it's like, okay, nothing goes up to 30 anymore. That's weird. Oh my gosh. The yeah. demonettes felt that. Yeah. Cause they're only, they cap out like most of the demon units cap out at 10, don't they? Yeah. 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 And I, I was running 20 or th- I did 30 at one time when they allowed that. So 10, 10's a little shocker. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's how. That's how uh, gene stealers are. They they used to be up to thirty back in the day, and and now they're yeah. down to ten. I I if I recall correctly, I miss being able to run my blob of twenty berserkers, but it's been a little while since I've been able to do that. Are they down to five? <laughs> no, nah, they're ten. They they go five or ten now because they come in a box of ten. Yeah, I saw but- Hearthkin warriors are capped at ten instead of being able to go up to twenty. I mean, I think it just makes the game a little bit easier, too. I mean, like, obviously, it there's, does. Still, yeah. there's still horde armies that should be able to go higher than that, but I think that should be a rarity. Like, being able to run 20-man legionnaire units in Chaos was weird, <laughs> you know, when we were able to do that. So, it's probably best that we don't do that. But on the flip side, you have battle, like, uh, you know, Sisters of Battle, uh, their Battle Sister squads are fixed at 10. You can't take a yep. unit of 5, and you can't blob up to 20. It's 10 now. Um, so that's rough. Um, I think, let's see, Mechanicus stuff still... Uh, Do Sisters they, have a vehicle that allows that split? Uh, they uh, no. There's the Immolator that goes up to 6, but they don't have combat squad rules, yeah. I don't believe. Uh, I have yeah, to they, check. Well, they, I don't think they can combat. Well, I, I guess that's they used to. I guess it would be on the vehicle. You. Yeah, um, emulator does let you combat squad. Okay, right. so you can still run a squad of five as long as you well have you another two squad squads of five, five. Yeah. right? And you have to take the this transport. Yeah, which I do have. Emul- I have three emulators, not the new ones, but I have my old school emulators, and uh, that. You know, so I, I could still effectively run squads of five. Yeah, because most of the, like, the Voton have that with the Sagittars, the um, Drukari have that with the Venoms. So there's a lot of ones that you can break your units into two fives as long as you take the dedicated transport to do that. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, actually, being able to combat squad is, it, you know, makes it a bit more you know, just effective for me to build. Uh, so now it's like, I'm, I'm fine with that. It is weird to think of the combat squad rules being on the vehicles and not the, the units like they used to be, but 
also sisters didn't have that as an option before you couldn't take a unit of 10 and split it so i'm, I'm right I'm fine. and also part of that's because of the dedicated transport rules of they can't actually be fielded unless you put something in them true true right um, and of course, the, uh, getting away from that, like the, th- I also see a lot of complaints online from people who do love the fiddly, uh, you know, unit, you know, bu- like list building and like the complaints of, well, this is just power level with extra steps. And yeah, I like playing power level. Sure. So I, yeah, I do too. Uh, I think this, this works better with like the, the crusade, new crusade version when it is effectively power level. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, this is going to have one benefit over power level in that it will actually get updated at, for balance. <laughs> right. Which, which was a big problem with like when you have two, two separate versions and all, people only care about one of them, that's the one that gets all the tension actually gets updated, which I think yeah. they updated power level once and that yes. was it. Yeah. Now, the other, the other thing I'll say is we kind of shift and I guess into probably the next topic, but um, the way that they rounded off all the points where they're either five or 10 points makes list building a little bit easier because you're not having mm-hmm. to like find three points here, two points here, you know, things like that. The other thing that it does is it allows GW to like, make an app much simpler that like actually (laughs) can calculate your armies correctly and like is good. So I don't know. Is there, if there's anything else, (laughs) are we diving into the app now? I mean, we can, I think that's kind of a good, a good way to to switch over. I think, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the app because the app did drop uh, last week or this past week, I should say. And yeah, doesn't suck. Yeah. He's actually pretty (laughs) solid. It's it's more than pretty solid. I mean, I got my first game in yesterday, and I took printed off card, air quote cards, eight, eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper, um, for each of the units I was taking a vote on. And about in the first turn, I ditched those, and I just started using the app. My list was already built in the app. I can then click, I mean, you have a lot of steps you have to take to like click on the unit. And then when you're done using that, you click back to click on another unit, but all the rules are there. And if I needed to look up a rule, Oh, what's this mean? I just clicked on that. So I could reference myself on hazardous. Um, Mm -hmm. so, and it popped up the rule directly from the data card inside the app. And if we need to look up a rule, my list still stays on one tab. I can click on the other tab to go back to the rules, use the search, type in the keyword or a word. It finds it. I can, it was so easy, much easier to look up from the app than it was flipping through pages in a book. And the fact that it's all there, it's connected. I mean, my only air quote complaint is the fact that eh, it takes a little longer to expand each like melee weapon section or other section you want. As opposed to it's all there on the card in front of you if you had a physical, not huge, unwieldy card. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I use that the rest of the game. So the only other thing would be make sure your device has enough power. Mine still had plenty of power. But I mean, I'm more thinking of like a long day tournament. You might have to, yep. if you're going to use an app, have a power pack with it so it can recharge. 
but oh my gosh, that it felt so good using that. To, and the fact that it has the little pictures of the units there. So as you're going through, if someone else is watching, they can see, oh yeah, that's your Grimner. Yeah, I can tell because the picture's right there. Because I did have one of the friends in Dallas come by and just watch to try and learn. And so the app was amazing for the game right now. No, that's awesome. Makes, makes me wonder uh, how well the app might work on, say, like a larger format, like uh, an iPad. Uh, that's what I was using it on was my iPad. Ah. So how, how it, it worked just as well as it does on the phone? Uh, I don't know because I don't use it on my phone. phone. (laughs) (laughs) But it works great on the iPad. (laughs) It works great on the phone. Like I on my, I haven't tried it on an iPad. I don't know if I have a new enough iPad where the app would actually be compatible at this point because of Apple and their planned obsolescence. But I'm very happy with it on my phone. Everything's like I have a couple of notes. Like, it would be nice when you're building a list to be able to view a data sheet before you add it to your list instead of only mm, be able, yeah. being able to view it afterwards. That's, a, I mean, that's my one gripe, I think. Everything else. Oh, actually, and then what the other gripe is it, when you increase a unit size, yeah. it would be nice if it added the default weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that took me probably about 30 minutes to figure out what the issue was because I, I I took a, a unit of jackals expanded them up to 20 and then had to figure out like why is this still giving me all the errors and then I'm like oh I had to go in and add this weapon but once you get to the certain point you have to add in a special weapon it's like that so it took me a little bit of fiddling to get used to it but when, now that I kind of understand what it's doing it's not difficult it would just be nice if it automatically added those weapons I, I do also find it funny that like at least for me, uh, when I'd go in and, like, you'd add in, like, the extra, like, 10 or 5 or how many extra models in the unit. And, like, if you hit the max size of the model unit, you know, it took that little plus sign away. You can't add anymore. Mm-hmm. But the default weapons, like, you could just keep hitting that plus button. <laughs> Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I guess my issue was similar to that is when you add Hearthkin warriors to it. Um, the squad size is ten, but it only gives five of them weapons. Yep. <laughs> so yep. it sort of like Kevin. I, I had to figure out the hard way of like what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's I, when I, I noticed yes, Richard. I could click their things yeah. up to like ten, twelve. I was like, yeah, I can have all the weapons I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I that that and that may just be an issue of like s- somewhere during you know development, somebody told them that that unit could be five or ten, yeah. and and then <laughs> like it changed to where it could only be ten, but not everything got changed over, right? So yeah, fair. But so far, the app I've submitted works. my bug on it. Yeah. So far, the app works a lot better than the old app did. And, you know, it, it sounds like, obviously, there's all of the Battlescribe stuff that's going on and whether that app will continue to be supported and updated. It won't. Um, it seems like this will be a good alternative. Um, and it looks like the people that are maintaining the Battlescribe, like, data files are working on, and I forget the name of it, they're working on a new version of basically, like, their own version of Battlescribe. 
Um, but say there's thir- like I've seen new yet. recruits is one. Yeah, um, maybe it was like new there, there's like two or three clones. Yeah, because because I I I ended up joining the uh, Battle Scribe like de- data de- developers like Discord because I just kind of wanted to see what was going on. And there there's a specific version. I think it is. Yeah, it's new recruit that the the Battle Scribe developer the Battle Scribe developers community is making that app to be compatible with the files they've already been making. But it's but it's still in like alpha, like it's not it's not out yet, you know. So, and, and you know, thing if the GW app is good, there won't there will still be a, a use for third party apps, but there won't be a need for a third party app. So I don't know. I I think it's it's always better if GW like actually supports things because it just makes it easier for everybody. You just go and you you know you you don't have to go search for the app and the data files and all that. You just know that it's. You know it's good. So, well, I th- I think there is, there should always be a need for a third party app because I don't want Games Workshop to have a monopoly on sure. it. It is good for them to have somebody who can do things better to maybe push them, you know, or at least have have alternate ways of doing things. And if people gravitate towards one or the other. And hopefully not over just cost because, you know, the list builder is free right now, but it won't be forever. Uh, yeah. So uh, there should be an, another option that people can use because if the only option and granted list building is much easier with waypoints are not now. But if the only option that is officially supported by like tournaments is the output from the GW app, then that isn't great for everyone like if that's no, that's you know, like best coast pairings like if you have to go through the gw app meaning you have to sign up for play you know warhammer plus which i like warhammer plus i use warhammer plus but you know i don't feel that you should have to use that just to do army building in a in a meaningful yeah. fashion so i i hope that somebody like so far like new recruit doesn't quite like the the interface is is wonky and i've seen some other uh, you know, tenth edition builders that people have put together, and they're okay, they're fine. Um, this one definitely, the official one definitely has the best interface right now. So I'm fine with I'm fine with using the the default one, and I already have a Warhammer Plus account, so it will already be supported. I don't have to worry about that. Uh, but I would like there to be an alternative for people to use. Oh, for sure, for sure. But it's just it's just one of those things where, like, in the past, the reason why these alternatives pop up is because the official one is not good or is or doesn't right. exist. So, like, yeah, it's, you know, simplifying the, the list building and supporting an official good app, like, means that, yes, it's nice to still have those third party apps, but they're not, you know, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. Um for those third party apps to exist and things like that. So I don't know. I, I think that's, I think that's also good. Like it's going to make it easier for new people coming into the game, which is, you know, the whole point of all this stuff is to try to like bring new people into the hobby and continue to continue to grow it. If list building is simpler and there's not these gotchas and the app is easy, you know, there's an official app that's easy to find. You don't have to load in data files. You know, it's going to get updated and you know, it's going to be supported. That's better for everybody. You may personally decide that down the line that no, new recruits is better. I like the way the format of it comes out or, you know, battle scribe and pretty scribe and stuff like that. Like, that's great. 
that's good to have those options. But when somebody coming in, it's good to also not have those barriers of entry. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, something the app is missing, and I think this takes us into our next topic, is it does not yet have the uh, Imperial Armor indexes, nor do, or does it have the uh, Horse Heresy indexes. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, the the Imperial Armor stuff is out now. That was dropped just a couple of days ago, and... The Horse Heresy stuff was dropped two days before that. Um, however, I think one of the problems with the Horse Heresy stuff is uh, there's no points on anything. Yeah. So, I mean, we had the conversation last episode about pulling all the Horse Heresy stuff out of, you know, out of 40k, moving it into Legends, removing it from the competitive scene. Um, I don't necessarily want to rehash that. I my you can go back and listen to that episode if you want to hear my opinions. Um, but yeah, like I, there needs to be points released for for these units so that like I can run my Chaos Decimator or my Chitin Demon Engine or Brass Scorpion or you know even if you just want to run the um, you know the Typhon or whatever you want to run some of the Space Marine tanks. There needs to be points out there for them. So I'm a bit surprised that those aren't out there yet. Yeah, and it's funny. Like the very last, like the last page of the uh, the like the Horse Heresy Astartes Legends talks about like, hey, for renegades and traders, if you want to use that, just replace these keywords with those keywords, and then it says use the points values listed for the Adeptus Astartes versions of these data sheets. That would be nice. Mm. There aren't any. <laughs> I mean, I assume at this point it's just one of those things where it'll be released next week, and it probably won't be a problem because let's. Let's be fair. Forge World support in general has always lagged behind the mainline GW support. And then support for Legends lags behind that. So true. If they get those points out in the next week or two, it's not a huge deal. And again, there's no impetus on this because if people are trying to like to get the points out, if people are trying to play and like, you know, machine competitive lists and stuff, this is all irrelevant anyway. So true. Yeah, I I assume they'll get it out eventually since they do specifically mention that, yeah, use the points, you know, available in the data sheets. I did think it was kind of weird. They updated the uh, Munitorum field guide with all the points um, for, for Forge like, World, the, for the active Forge World stuff. But what they didn't do is um, they didn't update the link under the new 40K rules like page, like download page on the... Um, on the Warhammer community page, if you still go to that, like, download site for new 40k, it still links you to version 1.1, which, 1.0, which doesn't have the Forge World stuff. To get the updated one with the Forge World points, you have to go to the Warhammer community article for the Forge World points and download it from there. Actually, they've, they've fixed that. Did um, they finally fix that? Okay, because, like, at yesterday when I was looking, they still had the old link up. I was like... This seems like it's a problem. You should like the, the updated date still says uh, six sixteen, but if you download it, it's version one okay. one, which has all the Forge okay. World points. Um, they just so that's yes, the only thing I with, was with them. Okay. with them putting everything online like that, like versioning and updating, like when it's updated, is important because super important. It, yeah, like it just you have to be clear about this. If you're going to move to this digital free online version, you have to make sure that you're versioning it properly. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, meanwhile, uh, speaking of the Forge World, so the, the Forge World Imperial Armor data sheets are available. I do want to say, on the one hand, my town R is only 685 points now, which I'm like, let's go. <laughs> on the other hand, th- you know, I'm going to pour one out for the Pulse Ordnance Driver because it is not the monster gun that it was against everything. And that's, you know, a common thread we've mentioned that like <laughs> yeah. thing. But on the other hand, it is the gun that kills infantry dead in that <laughs> yeah. even though it is only strength five, it is also anti-infantry two up. Uh, yeah. And uh, just a fun point. If you tag a unit, if you use, if you fire with your town R and you use for the greater good and you select a stealth team as your observer, observer, stealth teams let you reroll wound rolls of one, which means you will murder everything you hit. <laughs> yeah. Unless you roll double ones. Oh. Well, let's see here. You've got uh, eight shots and you've got three of them. So, so you're, murdering. Shots. <laughs> you're murdering. You're murdering everything. 24 <laughs> shots. If you're guided, your ballistic skill drops to three up instead of yep. four up. Uh, and uh, the Townar has the coordinated strike rule. While this model is guided, each time it makes an attack that targets its spotted unit, reroll a hit roll of one. Mm-hmm. So I'm hitting on threes, rerolling ones, wounding on twos, rerolling, re-rolling ones. ones. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, AP minus one, three damage. Yep. So... Yeah, no, it's going to murder infantry. Uh, or if you want to go, this yeah. is my favorite part. If you want to go with the uh, the the gigantic rail cannon version of it, it's uh, strength <laughs> 26, 16 damage. Yeah, that's... <laughs> AP5 devastating wounds. AP5 devastating and heavy, wounds. which <sighs> means you're all... Heavy, which means if you are guided, you're hitting on twos. Yep. With three rolls of one. Yeah. <laughs> uh powerful that's, that's ridiculous and remember <laughs> stealth team spots for you reroll wound rolls of one which that is wounding most things on twos right. most vehicles I... on twos it wounds another town are on twos i'm just gonna say that right <laughs> yeah it, uh, it will if both of its shots hit and wound it will one shot another town are yeah, I think my big things were the the Scathic's Wraith Knight, which is still decent, but its weapons lost um, torrent. They're now just blast and devastating wounds. Aww. Uh, he, you know, I didn't even look are, to see your your Revenant Titan. It's it's fine. I mean, it's not. It, it's Sonic Lances are the same. It does not have. It does have torrent. Um, and it's assault, so you can move your full what twenty four inches. And still fire your sonic lances. They have anti-monster and anti-vehicle of four up. So it, though there's eight strength, and um, it's wounding most infant. It's going to wound most infantry on twos. No, that's still a really solid yes. platform. The Revenant Titan, the Revenant Titan didn't really change in my mind. So it's it's still solid. Um, yeah. The Wraith Seer, I think, is kind of neat because um, it's kind of takes the place of the Wraith Lord. The D lance or D lance, the D cannon it carries is still strong. Um, D six devastating wound, strength 14, 24 Ooh. inch range, one shot. Ghost spear is nice. It's anti infantry and you can also use precision with it. So you can have your wraith seer go hunt characters in melee. So I mean, it, the wraith seer is pretty solid too. And you can attach a, um, spirit seer to it 
because it's treated like a wraith lord. Although <laughs> it would then just be the wraith seer with a spirit seer and <laughs> kind of silly, but. And then also the only one that I thought was weird was the whole, um, shadow specters because when you don't see it on the sheets, but on the points, you actually do pay extra points to include the Exarch. That is this so was, weird. That's the and this only is the one. Only unit in the entirety of Forge World and Normal that weird. has you want the Exarch here, pay some extra points. And it's just like, what? I thought we weren't doing that. So I want to call call that out. But they're they're okay. Is and the um, most of my armies don't have Forge World other than Eldar. Is the Shadow Spear Exarch is that a separate model that you buy, or does it come in the squad? It comes I'm, in the squad. Hmm. So I almost wonder if it was like, well, the X art really probably should have just been its own character, but yeah. I don't know. I, I think because it's yeah. the 510 thing, because when you buy the thing, you get five um, Shadow Specters and one X arc in one package. Uh, interesting. So I guess if you buy two, then you have 10 and one, and then one extra to hang around. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I think because they want to keep squads at five and they didn't want to say you can't have it. No, actually, or the squad ha- is just a squad of five. It doesn't include the Exarch. A, then I don't know why. Okay, because it's been a while since I bought one. They may not have the Exarch. They may not sell it anymore. Yeah, I don't see it well, on he the never was a separate. Yeah. The Exarch never was a separate thing. Huh. The only difference is he has a different gun. They also don't have the... Oh, uh, that different gun isn't there anymore. <laughs> Weird. Yep. They also don't then, have what Illyrith anymore. Oh, Illyrith. No, I mean, the yeah. model isn't. They don't sell the model anymore. Oh, okay. That's surprising. Hmm. Yeah, the only difference on the Exarch is he has an extra wound. So I guess you're paying like twenty points to have an extra wound. That is huh. so weird that they would do that Why one do model. That? Yeah. I am now confused even more looking at this and talking about it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Richard, you you have a gargantuan squigath, right? Not just the regular kind. I I have I have the regular squigath. Oh, you have the regular squigath. Uh, I don't think you'll be unhappy with its firing deck ten and its yeah. eighteen wounds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, to uh to go back to the uh the town arm real real quick. I found uh two models that it won't wound on a two. The Reaver and the Warlord Titan are strength, are <laughs> toughness 14 and 16. So it's only wounding those on threes. I, I, I can live with that. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> I need to buy it. I need to. Did you, mag- you magnetize the guns on my town? All right. Yes, I did. I haven't painted. Okay, I need to. I haven't built the rail gun for you yet. I need to build and paint okay. that yet. Well, cool. So, so you have a project. And they're, for me. they're magnetized the same way as mine, so Good. I, Good. I can so, get it done. I have a project for you when you get time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out if I want to. If I'm, I think I might. Tr- I'm, I'm sore tempted to try out. I'm like looking at the, the cost efficiency of like, which is better, long strike and two hammerheads or a town R with a rail cannon array? Because <laughs> they're both good. I mean, that, yeah. Oof, yeah. I mean, if knights are a problem, this will definitely take care of that. Here's, 
here's your night solution. <laughs> <laughs> what night? <laughs> right. Oh, and the, did I did I mention that if you roll sixes to wound, it has devastating wounds, so that's 16 mortals? <laughs> well, and what if you get into close combat with it if you charge? Um, well, Imagine it, a tank shock from it. Uh, let's see if it's if it has the vehicle keyword like the other ones do. It does. It has it the does. vehicle keyword. Oh yeah. boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, vehicle now, walker tank town. shock oh. does does tank shock cap at like a certain number of wounds? I want to say it caps at six. Sure. I mean, probably. You're making me look it up. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'll look. I'm looking it up because I'm pretty. Uh, tank shock. It caps at six. Oh, wow. oh no! Only six mortal wounds. <laughs> And well, and you roll based on the the weapon's strength characteristic, yeah. so it's strength eight. You're only going to be rolling sure. eight dice. It's not that impressive. I mean, considering considering Tao's uh, melee ability pre- in the previous editions, I think that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah the the only other Forge World stuff that I have is. Uh, well, I have a, a side Tyra duel, which, like, most of my Forge World stuff, like, I haven't even played with, so I don't have, like, a basis of comparison to how the new roles are, so, eh. Um, but it looks fine. Um, and then I can't find my Inquisitors. Ooh. They don't even have a separate data sheet, though, so they're just, they would just be normal Inquisitors. Yeah. They don't. Yeah, there isn't an imperial agents. So, right. Alas, so Hector alas, Rex is is just he's just a just a dude. A f- yeah, fancy <laughs> just a dude with a shield inquisitor. Yeah, dude with a with the cool ass shield. But yeah, just a dude yeah. with shields. <laughs> and then I guess looking at the other big faction custodes who kept all their ancient Forge World stuff. Which is really good because I bought several because I bought like several Forge World kits at the U.S. Open, so I'm really glad they didn't invalidate them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Telemon's still good. The the ones that surprised me is both the Orion and the Ares um, airships are actually good now, so that makes me happy. Uh, The dreadnoughts are fine. We were talking about the the Ventari, the uh, the the jump infantry. And uh, I know you were having, like, going back and forth whether you wanted to use buckler and pistol or the lance. And, uh, yeah, the lance is better. <laughs> yeah, I told you this. I mean, in the previous edition, it was a toss-up because they both were. But here, no, the lance is just flat out better. The only thing that the buckler and pistol have going for them, they look darn cool. <laughs> they do look cool. They do look cool. But I also think the lance so, looks cool, too. So that's Yeah, I don't know. I, I still haven't decided. It's going to be lower on the list of, of things to get done. Sure, sure. But yeah, the Ares has strength 18 guns. I mean, that's not like 26 or anything, but... I mean, strength 18 is still really good. <laughs> yeah, it does D6 plus D damage. Or <laughs> D6 plus 6. Wow. <laughs> oh, nah, I like that better. That was funnier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what were you saying, Rob, earlier before we started? Like, after, like, 15 minutes, we all become incoherent or something? Oh, yeah, we're already I was there. saying that, yeah. Yeah. 
But no, I'm glad that I'm glad they're putting the support out there for this stuff. I, I want to see them put the points out for the legends entries just so we have a full list of everything. But yeah, I I, I appreciate that they're getting all this stuff out so quickly. Because basically, even if you didn't pick Leviathan up, all of the information to play the game was available. So people were started playing games, you know, last week or, you know, when all this stuff came out. So um, there's been a lot of um let's let's just say opinions online about about the uh about the the new edition um some of which i think is just people stuck in a previous edition mindset some of its valid concerns but uh i don't i know that somebody on here you guys have talked about you've played games or you've played games like against yourselves what's what's your first opinions on the rule set and just 10th edition in general I'll let you go first, Dennis, because you've okay. actually played a game and against another human being. <laughs> sure. Um, well, well, first off, I'll, it feels like a new edition. It feels, but it doesn't, if that makes any sense. Um, the way the rules and everything are set up is this feels as big of a change as the last big change we had. Um, not the eighth to ninth, but like the seventh to eighth change. But when you get the models on the field, the rules are so similar enough. It doesn't feel like you're playing something different other than the ones that are, which I mean, that just sounds obvious, but like being able to deep strike in overwatch, which, Oh my gosh. Um, uh, the overwatch strategy. And he had his swarm with a, the, whichever torrent weapon he had. And that was just, melting me and it just felt like he was always shooting it because he could shoot it on my turn with the stratagem of overwatch and then he could shoot it on his turn because it's his shooting profile so and since he's a monster now he can like monsters shoot so it's just like oh my gosh um so that was a, a major change um the other well i think how the game went was uh, I didn't play well and my dice weren't well. Um, <laughs> but I pushed forward too far because we, we, we were actually doing the missions from the Leviathan deck. And so we, were, we just did the basic take and hold, but there were three objectives in no man's land. And I figured, well, let's go up and get some objectives, hold and see what we can do to shoot the Tyranids as they're coming at us. And well, that's what I did. And I, Destroyed a ton of his little gribbly units. Um, and then the other guys got there, and then I didn't fare so well. Because I'm sorry, I don't remember which monster it was, but there's a giant monster that's like T11, <laughs> and it hurts. Um, and anti-vehicle does no good against monsters. Because I, I made sure, oh, vehicles are going to problem. Let's have some anti-vehicle in there. But yeah, it, I mean, the hearth guard stood their ground. They are still as sturdy and tough as they need to be. Um, it's just rough when you can't make a four up save at all. <laughs> um, and yeah, the other weird thing is when leaders lose their unit, they become a lot less powerful because that, that when leading a unit ability goes away. Because mm -hmm. like a bunch of the, um, the gaunts that have melee. Now I'm, I'm doing horrible with names. Hormagons. Um, Hormagons, I believe. Um, yeah, they're strength three. When they got into my, um, unit of warriors that was led by the Grimnir, 
I am toughness six. They were wounding me on sixes. But as soon as the last um, one fell, because he kept bringing other things to try and take them out because the Hormagoths were not doing the job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, suddenly when it was just the Grimner, uh, he, he's now tough five. He was able to get like shredded. Um, no, it, it's. I think playing to objectives is still important. The primary, like, I lost this game mostly. I mean, I did get tabled at bottom of five, but I, it was over before bottom of five because I just didn't have enough units left to hold the amount of objectives I needed. And part of that's my own fault because I should have pushed my forward, my warriors, because uh, they have sticky objectives. And I was going on about this before... Like as soon as they revealed that, I'm like, yeah, I have sticky objectives. This is awesome. I did not use that in this game because I <laughs> forgot. So they just stood on objective, not being able to have anything in shooting range for a while. Um, so that was bad. Um, pushing up was bad. Uh, cause that made the, the Tyranids are so fast. Uh, and, and they have units that can still assault and charge. And that tied me up. And oh my gosh, this is where Battleshock comes in. Um, yeah. Well, the thing is, with fear and all those, once you do it, you pass your good. Battle shock doesn't go away. Once you're beneath half strength, you're doing that test every turn. And, and that was rough because my pioneers, who I pushed forward and, and the Hormigots got to them first. Um, yeah, they got battle shocked because of the, um, Tyranid shadow earths in the warp. And that was a turn I wanted them to fall back and shoot. But because they're battle shocked, if I fell back, I would have to take a desperate escape test, which I did, and I lost one of the three of the pioneers. So it, you do feel those little things like battle shock is a big deal. I mean, we made fun of fear for so long. I don't know how how long we we made fun of fear forever. Yeah. Right? Battle shock feels like it's what it needs to be. I think also because of when it happens in the turn, since it happens right at the beginning, it. It makes a huge difference. Uh, the other one is then my land fortress, which was doing the land fortress things. It's not as strong now because, well, none of the Voton shooting are. Um, but I was still taking out all the little things. Once it got to the big thing, the Swarm Lord, and he started carving into it, which it did take him a while to carve into it because vehicles are so tough now. Um, and I can't make four-up saves. Um <laughs> It got battle shocked, and then I could not roll above a seven the entire time to unbattle shock it. Um, so it spent like from turns three, four, and five, it was battle shocked, and that meant I can't fall back and shoot. I didn't have to, but it also meant that I had more um, OC stat than the Swarm Lord. So if I w- was not battle shocked, I would have been holding that objective and getting those points for it rather than the Swarm Lord. So. Th- and that was one instance where if you're fighting over an objective, being battle shocked or not makes a big deal. Um, the other thing I'm going to call out is the ability to pick an opponent's stratagem and make it cost one more after they use it. Oh, that, that crippled me because he did that on my, um, fire and, or fall back and shoot stratagem that the Voton have. And so suddenly instead of having one point, it costs two, meaning, I would have to save up both the command point I'm getting from my turn and their turn to then do it again on my turn. And then I have to save up the two. So I could still do it, but then I could not do 
any other stratagems. So it, it, I mean, it might say it only raises something by a point with as rare as CP seems to be in this edition. Um, yeah, that made a big deal. So I, I might think about taking something to give me opportunities to get more CP or remember the rules. Cause I think the pioneers have, <laughs> if you have used a stratagem on them, you can get a CP back on a five up, but it's using, using your uh, rules is typically a good, uh, a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that goes into the whole new edition thing. Have to play through sure. learn because I mean, as I said, I, I also forgot my thing of when I finally killed his big monster thing that, um, I got, should have got two CB for killing it. In which I was like, well, yay, I get CP. Because I'm so used to previous editions where, yeah, you get CP, that's cool. But in this one, I felt the pain because I want to use that CP if you don't have any. Um, so getting two extras would have been huge. Yeah. Um, so it, it the game, like I said, it feels the same, but it feels interactions are slightly different. And the rules be on your, your some of your units are going to be different. So you have to kind of, I mean, this all says common sense, but you have to get put into practice of looking at your rules, learning your rules, remembering your rules. Um, Cause they're not exactly the same as what they were in the previous edition. Right. So I don't know. It was a fun experience. Um, we're going to try and get to where we do this on a monthly thing. So hopefully between nice. this and going to a tournament or two each month, I'll, I'll get some games in. And, and like I, I mentioned, I don't know if it's on or not, but I'll probably will try and do the, self games to teach me myself all of the factions at least that i have um but yeah tyranids from my experience are nasty because um yeah they don't have vehicles they're just monsters so and they're fast he had like no shooting in the army but that didn't matter with as fast as they were um and votan they used to be three up and judgment tokens made them better and now with all of their ballistic skills and weapons skills being like four ups, it almost feels like you have to have the judgment tokens on things to feel like you felt in the previous edition. So I'm, I'm going to have to make sure I have like a couple calls and I had the call teleport in, which was not smart because then he's not there in the command phase. So to add a judgment token somewhere. And unfortunately, I don't have a stratagem like the searchlights to add a judgment token. So I've, I've got to find different ways now to do that. And I don't like the thing of, oh, yeah, just have more smaller squads by putting a breaking apart your 10 man warriors with the Sagittar and putting them out there. Because then, yeah, because right now the only easy way of getting judgment tokens on things is have them kill your units. But then again, the other half I had a problem with that is. The two things that he was finally killing my stuff with uh, were the two big units that already had two judgment tokens on them. So in the end, I guess it didn't matter, but it, it'd be good to get them on there early. Although, as we also talked about early, is once you get the judgment tokens on there, I'm getting a plus one to hit. Yay! Um, I can't modify wound roll more than one, so it means heavy. I don't have to worry about that. The... Iron Master, who gives me a plus one to hit on my ranged attacks, doesn't matter. So it, it, it feels like there's a lot of give and take, and I think that move to four hurts 
more than it. Ha- well, it would never help to have a be produced in ballistic skulls, <laughs> but so we'll just have to see how it, it plays out. But yeah, Votan definitely did not feel as strong as they were, but I'm still going to do what I can to try and figure out how to make them work. Cause I'm, I, I really want to use them in the crusade in this fall. So, uh, as far as my game, I, uh, I set up a uh, combat patrol table, and since I have I have all the components for the Tau combat patrol, and I have the Leviathan Space Marine half, which part of that is the combat patrol for Space Marines, I figured, okay, I can run kind of a solo game and uh, get used to it. I've got the combat patrol rules, which uh, those were also all released this past week. Um, and I will say there's... There's a couple of things, and we knew that, like, Combat Patrol data sheets were going to be different, and obviously, like, you don't choose a detachment, you just have the Combat Patrol, and it comes with, like, three stratagems and, like, one enhancement that you can toggle back and forth, one secondary objective that you toggle back and forth. Uh, a couple of things that are weird. One, like, the Space Marines core rule, their, uh, their faction rule, Oath of Moment, is different than their main game. Uh, faction rule because in the 10th edition Space Marine Index Oath of Moment lets you re-roll hit and wound rolls. In Combat Patrol it only lets you re-roll hit rolls. So that's so if you go back and forth between two like a Combat Patrol game and a, and a regular game you're going to have to make sure that you remember that the Combat Patrol rules can be completely different at not just at the data sheet level but anywhere. So that's that's one thing to keep in mind. The other thing I th- I do think is a bit of a failure is one of the things they are they proposed when they announced like hey we're going to do combat patrol and it's going to be a real low entry way to get into the game because you'll buy your combat patrol you can download the core rules you can download your data sheets and you can just go play. No, you can't because there's one thing they didn't make available for free download: the combat patrol missions, which are only in the core book. <sighs> <laughs> They were so close, and I've double-checked, like, the downloads page, the article about Combat Patrol, there's no link to the the missions. Those are only available in the core book, which now means to play Combat Patrol, it's a $150, $160 Combat Patrol, and a however much the core book is, which is, what, like, 60 bucks? 60 yeah, something like that. Yeah, so... Uh, Games Workshop, you were so close and you, you failed at this one kind of vital part of, of the game is, and you could have just thrown them into the core rules or made them a separate download. Like you did with, uh, boarding actions. We got the boarding action, mm-hmm. uh, updates, which answer, I think addressed a lot of the issues that we pointed out. Like, hey, they're going to have to change the, uh, mustering rules and they're going to have to change how actions work. They did all that. They even addressed like leaders don't join units, but they, you can have basically a stratagem to give your leader ability to a unit so it's like i I think they did a good job with boarding patrol although they still have you buying the books to actually get the missions which also a problem you have to buy the arcs of omen books to actually have missions to play in boarding patrol or you have to have like the white dwarf issues to have boarding patrol missions but Okay, so yeah, they figured out a way to like not give everything away free, I guess. 
Editor's note, Games Workshop did eventually release the Combat Patrol missions last week as of editing time. So they did finally catch up. They did finally make it right. It just took them like an extra week or so to get it done. Unfortunate that they had to wait, but at least they're out there now. Uh, but um, but that aside, uh, I did have my core book because I we did get the Leviathan box. So... I was able to, I just played like the basic uh, Clash of Patrols, like Dawn of War detachment or Dawn of War uh, deployment, uh, four objectives on the table, take and hold objectives like, is your primary mission. And like setup was fast. Uh, the game moved pretty quickly. And that's with me jumping back and forth and having to juggle two sets of rules and two sets of, of units. Tau almost had Space Marines tabled turn one. Because the uh, I had the Terminators and the Terminator Captain in Deep Strike, and so there was a, a Librarian and uh, five Infernus Marines on the table. By the end of turn, or by the beginning, or I know actually by the end of top of two, which Tau went ended up going first, or no, no Space Marines went first. I, I'm trying to remember; it's a little fuzzy, but basically. There was one librarian and one Infernus Marine left on the table at the end of turn one. It was real bad for the uh for the Space Marines. And the I think the Infernus Marine died before the uh Space Marines could deep strike in. Uh the the Terminators deep struck in. They were able to chart like the ghost keel was out there. He is the one who had killed the uh Infernus Marines where uh, the Infernus Marines, I tried Overwatch with them uh, w- against a t- uh, T8 two-up vehicle. Flamers don't do anything. Not a- I think I pulled one wound off. And then uh, the Marines, like the Terminators, deep struck in. They opened up on the, uh, the Ghost Keel. The fact that Terminators add, like, let's say, you know, they I like I was hitting on fours because of his stealth and I had they hadn't been on the table during the command phase, so they have an ability like when they're targeting their oath of moment, they add well no, I could had actually declared the, the ghost keel to be oath of momented. So their plus one to hit countered the stealth, and they were within twelve inches, so lone operative didn't matter. So they pulled another three wounds off of it with their firepower and and then they charged in. They failed the charge on the first roll, but the captain innately allows them to re-roll charges. They rolled a 10. They made the charge and proceeded to beat the ghost kill to death with power fists. And... Yeah, it checks out. And then all that was left on the table for the Tau was a unit of very squishy fire warriors with a cadre fire blade included. A unit of... Or an ethereal who was not attached to anything... And a unit of stealth suits that was locked in combat with the librarian, uh, they were not long, long for this world, although the librarian had trouble landing hits at first, uh, but eventually, like, by the beginning of turn three was starting to, like, get momentum again. But that Terminator squad took no damage from anything because a two-up... Uh, Two up save, five toughness against eight, uh, strength five, AP zero guns. Yeah, you don't take damage. <laughs> it just, you just it just plinks off the Terminator armor. Then they charged into the Fire Warriors, and the Fire Warriors evaporated. 
including their leader. And at that point, it's like, okay, there's a an ethereal and one stealth suit left on the board. This game is over. <laughs> so, um, despite the fact that the the Space Marines only have eleven models and uh, they don't have any vehicles, they don't have any shooting higher than strength six, and that's only you know, on the assault cannon on the Terminator. Um, or if you do a focused witch fire on the librarian, they were still able to hold their own. So at least one partial game in, and I say partial because it wasn't going to turn five. I would say the two combat patrols had, you know, it's like if the Terminators had failed their save, it would have been a, di- or had failed their charge on the reroll. Cause they had to, you know, they had to reroll a nine or better to, to make the charge. Um, they, it would have been a different game. Uh, so like, I, I kind of liked it. Uh, unfortunately things died too quickly. So Battleshock never came into play. Uh, but I don't think anything lived long. Anything that took damage didn't live long enough to its, uh, command phase to be eligible for Battleshock. Uh, but I will say like command points mattered. Uh, the ethereal granting me extra command points, Every turn on, on a good roll really mattered. Um, having like being able to trigger Overwatch at the start of movement was kind of neat. Uh, the uh, I mean, everything seemed like it played fine. And yeah, to you, what you were saying about your game, it felt like 10th edition other than the parts that were distinctly different. Like my psyker didn't need a psychic phase, for example. Uh, well, I'll toss two things out on that. Uh, one, I don't have a psychic phase, but my Grimnir was always using the hazardous ability uh, just because it did so much more. Mm-hmm. And I did not roll the hazardous once, which makes me kind of happy because... Yes, um, same here. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious to see what more... Ha- like, when hazardous starts failing, how that's going to be. Also, like, our secondaries and ours, we were using the Leviathan deck missions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did fixed secondaries, and there weren't a lot of good ones for like my army, especially my army fighting Tyranids. So yeah, he had me on primaries and secondaries. And the other thing that hurt me a lot was, um, Richard might appreciate this is yeah. The Hormagants that I kept talking about, I got them down to one Hormagant many times and they never had to do their battle shock because, um, yeah, he kept using the stratagem to um, resupply them and he kept getting five or four five or six hormigons back which put them above or at or above starting strength so he never had a battle shock and they stayed around until the end of the game because i could never finish them off it made me sad <laughs> endless multitudes so it seems like a cool role i i need to play my tyranid some <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, part of that was my own fault because I wasn't scared of the Hormagot, so I was prioritizing anything else that was coming close to me, and, and so I killed everything else and left them alone, which is why they kept coming back. Mm-hmm. And at one point of the game, Endless Multitude did l- allow him to... Um, yeah, the, all ten of them were back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, the, and Gene Stealer Cults is going to have like, I think, a similar thing 
two where like they just get to get models back. Yeah, they're they're going to be ridiculous to try to to chew through. Although no one seems all that worried about them right now, uh, they're not the army that everyone's really scared about. Everyone is really focusing on uh, like Eldari, especially, and I think that brings us to the last topic uh, of the episode, and that is that the cries for uh, comp to be applied to tournaments. Uh, have already started with the argument that basically 10th edition is completely broken and needs to be massively overhauled to be remotely playable in a competitive setting. Uh, and this was a post from four days ago from Germany. The group that decided to ban Voton when Voton first dropped uh, has re- released a list saying we are not going to use a note. We are not going to go without using comp until Games Workshop fixes everything. And they have like a bullet list of the things they are changing for their tournaments, which basically makes the game in some ways back to ninth edition. <laughs> yeah. At this point, if that's, if that's your stance, just run a ninth edition tournament. Like I don't understand the desire to comp this stuff. And there was, there was another tournament uh, that basically said, if we don't get FAQs before our event, we're basically just going to ban Hammer Eldar completely. And they said this before points dropped. Like, we had gotten the indexes and some of the rules, but we didn't have points. And I just, I don't know. I don't think comp is a great solution regardless, but I think that maybe you should wait until the game is released before you start trying to change it. I don't well, think that's a I'll difficult cost this out <laughs> as well. And um, GW watches the tournaments and it tries to pull data to affect balance. And so if you're doing your own thing, well, your data is not valid for them to yeah. see what's actually wrong. So in essence, you're, you might be helping yourself for the, your own individual thing right here, but you're not helping the community as a whole. I mean, you can just say, here's my, my bullet list of what I want GW to change, but GW needs the data and the facts behind it to make their decisions on what they need to change for how they want the direction to go. Because to me, this also sounds a lot like the last major edition change where the sky was falling. Why don't we go back to sixth ed? Or and, and stuff like that, and yeah. it's just it needs time to play out, work itself out. This is a different game. I mean, hands yeah. down. I mean, vehicles are tough. Um, we people have to find out what the new strategies are and how to counter them. And right now, people have found the easy ones that are the the easy broken ones, but they haven't found counters to them or other ways that are just as viable that might make the current strong ones relevant we're we're still in i'll say day one so yeah give give it some time yeah, yeah it, I, it sounds a lot like you know we're gonna play our own warhammer but with 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 hookers and coke yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like I mean, the, here's the list crash hammer's the thing like i'm fine with that yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if that. Hammer. I mean, I don't know what garage you're playing at where they've got hookers and hookers good. and blow, but you don't have hookers and blow in your garage. Anyway, no. sorry. Uh, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say that out loud. 
Uh, anyway, I'm um, sorry, you were talking? <laughs> I was talking. Maybe you should stop doing so much blowing hookers. Pay attention. Um, it's got to be a better so, way to say So that. Here, was the, here was the list that uh, the the TOs in Germany decided to, to house rule. Uh, they wanted to change towering. So a unit with towering is considered to be wholly within a piece of terrain, even if it's only toe in. So, uh, instead of natively seeing through it, you have to like actually touch the terrain to see through it. Um, Wraith Knights, heavy Wraith Cannons lose devastating wounds. Fate Dice are limited to one die per unit per phase. Uh, indirect Fire suffers the same penalty as 9th edition in other in addition to any other applicable rules and cannot benefit from the plus one to hit for being heavy while fired without line of sight. Uh, Thousand Suns Twist of Fate Cabal Ritual is modified to any armor saves thir- saving thirds of the unit are modified by minus two instead. The range of the Fire Overwatch stratagem is reduced to 12 inches and only visible units can be shot. Uh, mortal wounds from a single unit are capped at six mortal wounds per unit per phase when targeted at a non-monster or non-vehicle. Any additional wounds with assault cannons can then be handled as normal. Models can move over and stay on objectives without limitations as per ninth edition. And lone operative and similar abilities are subject to investigation on how to fix them best. Um. That really sounds like I don't I mean now some of it is like I've heard about people complaining about towering undoing some of the the ruin rules. We'll see what happens with mm-hmm. that. And I've heard the complaints about Eldari with devastating wounds being too tr- too easy to trigger because you can just if you have sixes in your fate dice you can just spend them to automatically do critical wounds which will cause mortals. I think there are ways to fix this in in a much easier fashion, you could and I I want to say we mentioned this in the show before, but it's like for Eldari, you could just say fate dice never trigger critical hits or wounds. Yeah. Like that would be a very easy fix to make. It would change require changing one army and wouldn't have you having to like strip off things from data sheets. Like change it the way GW would change or- it, address like faction rules rather than data sheets. Or Rob just changed fate dice like they said in one of those comps of you can only use one per unit per phase, which and would that's also how, like, be miracle fun. dice used to be. Yeah, and so it, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, like th- there's a couple of fixes where it's like okay, I could see that, but even then, I would hold off on that. Kind of like to your point, Kevin, of like we don't have the they don't have the data yet to figure out what needs to be changed. Because while I'm sure they've place tested the rules for functionality, they mm. haven't had thousands of like hardcore competitive players beating at them with sticks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's it's just one of those things where, it, as Dennis mentioned, it's a new edition. It's a new game. If you look at these rules and you look at it with the perspective of this was devastating in ninth then yeah, some of these things look to be a massive, massive problem. We don't, they could very well be problems. They could very well be a thing that GW has to comp because yeah, we didn't anticipate this interaction and this needs to change. But we don't know, like we just now, like as of yesterday, at the full, you know, version of 10th edition. So all of the pieces, it's going to take a long time for people to sort through and figure out all the interactions and determine if this is actually a problem. 
And it just, the amount of times that I've seen like on Facebook groups or Discord servers where people are like, I played a game of 10th and this edition sucks definitively, definitively because I got rolled by knights or, and I didn't take any anti infantry, you know, anti vehicle stuff. Or I, you know, uh, the one I saw that I loved was eight pounder broken in this edition because I ran them up against a unit of 10 terminators and they didn't kill a single one. It's like, yeah, they're not designed for that. They never were. Like, it, it <sighs> Totally, people are going to have all sorts of like opinions and thoughts on the game, and that those aren't necessarily going to hold out to be true until we get a critical mass of games, and you can't start changing it. Because again, as Dennis said, if you start changing your rules and how you're playing the game, then GW can't get good feedback to find out what actually might be a problem. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, and, and it's I want very, f- very frustrating. <laughs> yeah, and I want to throw that in contrast with how, um, like, Show Me Showdown, which is a tournament that is happening here in the KC area in about three weeks, uh, they made an announcement that they are running the game as written, no no comp, because they do want to provide that, you know, they're going to have, like, over 100 players. They're going to be, it's mm-hmm. a super major, I think, at this point. And uh, they want to be able to provide that, unmodified data like this is this is where the game is as of right now and gw will be better served by us providing the data directly to them rather than trying to alter it ourselves and not actually giving them a a feel for what are the actual issues in the game so i i appreciate the stance they're taking and i i think like is this edition going to be perfect no no edition is perfect everything is going to require changes as you know you know as people actually interact with it. I haven't seen a game yet that doesn't have errata within the first year, <laughs> you know, yeah. cause that's just it. Even D and D a non-competitive game has errata, <laughs> you know, it had errata for like <laughs> it, you know, the books were released in 2014 for fifth edition by 2015. There's an FAQ and errata document because they find errors. They find things that like, Oh, this is overpowered. We didn't expect people to use it the way they, you know, somebody found a loophole on something. Well, any time that you release a game like this, like, it's a conversation between the players and the developer. Like, what, you know, the developers have an idea for how they want you to play. Players are going to play it the way they want to play. And then there's a conversation back and forth between erratas, FAQs, codex releases, point changes, etc. That are, like, adjusting and trying to, like, make the game, you know, as balanced as it can be. And the reason why I specifically say in this case to like, no, this is really dumb to try to comp things manually before the game is released is this isn't like the, you know, the dark days of 2011 where GW never released FAQs and released two codexes a year. GW has taken a much, much more active stance and active tact in the community to put out balanced data slates, FAQ updates, point updates, things like that. So, I just don't I just don't understand the lack of trust of like, well, this game is broken. Well, you haven't seen it yet, and we don't know that that's actually the case yet. It very well could be. And if it is, then GW will take things to correct it. But I just I just don't understand the complete lack of trust of like, well, I don't like the way this is playing, so I'm going to fix it. 
Right. Uh, so I want to I want to go ahead. You know, I read the list of changes that the German TOs are putting in. I want to read the post from Nathan Martin, uh, who is the tournament organizer for Show Me Showdown. Nathan is a stand up guy. We've been friends for a while now. He's we've played together. He's great. Uh, so why we are not choosing to comp our where why are we are choosing not to comp our event? One, 10th edition Warhammer is here, as we are sure you have seen and perhaps experienced for yourself. The edition army rule point, army rules, points, and interactions are flawed. We have seen this as well and have received numerous questions, judgment calls, complaints, and general musings from the players and TOs throughout the 40k community on the right way to fix these problems. However, we are choosing not to implement any rules changes to our 40k tournament. The 10th edition core rules will be in effect for the event. We have come to this decision through vetting many options, and while each change could possibly bring a sense of balance to the game. At the end of the day, we are not game designers. Like you, we love tabletop games and love 40K. This is our fifth year, and we have established ourselves as providing a high level of integrity for our 40K event. We want all our players to have fun and a great weekend, and we feel the best way to continue our authenticity is to allow the game to remain as is. We know many players will not be happy about this decision. Some... feel the game is so flawed that it cannot be played without a level of comp. We understand your frustration and empathize with this sentiment. Thus, we encourage the community to continue to engage in discussion and provide valuable discourse to Games Workshop. We will be adding a rules commentary page to our website this weekend so players can see how we are answering specific questions we've received. Our event will be one of the first 10th edition majors in the world, and the results will provide valuable, unbiased data for Games Workshop to discern the best course of action to move the forward we are proud of the position show me showdown will have to raise the bar for the game and i think like that's one of the main th- great things like we are not game designers and that is something we have yeah. stated on this show a number of times like we have ideas but we're not the ones who have to look at the an entire like picture we are we tend to look at our particular part of it and say like well this affects me so i don't yeah. like it no, for sure. Yeah, like it's this is a huge game. There's a you know, an in, there's almost a near infinite number of balance points they have to juggle. Like this is why like I'm okay with them like, well, okay, if they don't want to if they want to pull certain units out and move them to legends for balance, that's fine. If they want to simplify the point structure and balance it in other ways, that's fine because I don't like I'm not I, I'm not a professional game designer. I don't know how all this works and I even though I play a number of armies, I really like fully understand a couple of armies and I don't know how a change to make something work the way I think it should for world leaders. How would that affect Eldar? I don't know that. Like, so it, it is, yeah, like it's, it's kind of leave the game design to the professionals. Um, but I think providing that feedback is also incredibly helpful and valuable as well. And I will also just say, I'm super glad that Midwest conquest is at the end of May and not like in June, so that we were the last ninth instead of the first tenth. Because oh my god, that is, I do not envy Nathan in their position in all of this, <laughs> right? Because yeah, they basically they have less than a month to adjust to a new edition. We don't even have the competitive play packet out. Like that hasn't even been yeah released yet. So we don't know what that's going to look like yet. Uh, so I mean. They're kind of winging it, uh, and I, at the same time, I cannot argue with any of the the reasons that he has given for 
for not comping the game. And they're right along the lines of my feelings. It's like the game needs, you know, they need unbiased, unfiltered data. And yes, that may mean the game is going to be a bit rough for some, for some people, for some factions. Some factions will have a potential to over deliver. And uh, that's going to mean there are going to be meta chasers who are going to play that because they want to play the strongest stuff and win, which I don't think that's really a good measure of skill. If you're just picking the best, you know, what you feel is the most powerful faction rather than actually picking a, uh, you know, trying to do your best with another faction. Although I imagine like death guard and Mechanicus players are be like, yeah, but we would actually like to be on, unequal footing that those two armies definitely need some help but but i'm I, i'm gonna take tau uh i haven't figured out the exact i thought i had the exact list and then the town our rules dropped so <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens but uh yeah i my argument would be for right now let's run the game as written and if there are actual issues that pop up let's you know it make sure gw has the data and let them decide what the fixes are because we tend to we tend to just like change things to you know you change one thing you've just made something else good it is a kind of a you know it's i think uh is it Stu black has pointed out before that it's kind of a zero sum game if you adjust what what makes one person win it just that that force is now losing and something else gets pulled up so you got to do it carefully ah <sighs> Well, I think, I mean, that's, I think that's where we are at this point. Everybody now who has, who wants 10th edition has, you know, whether it's the Leviathan box or the downloadable rules, it's like, it's in everybody's hands at this point. So now we see what happens. (laughs) Yeah. This is where the fun begins. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks to, uh, talk about like where we're going i may try to there's a tournament here at in uh, lee summit next weekend at mind games and magic i might go ahead and swing and and, uh, get into that one and get a a 10th edition tournament in before i play at show me showdown two weeks later so uh i think uh yeah because i think i i do not want to go into a super major not having mm-hmm. played any games of the edition. That seems like a bad, bad idea. It does seem like a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, so. um, one of the stores here in Phoenix is doing, um, Authoria Games is doing a uh, escalation league, like an eight week long escalation league, starting at 500 points. And then it'll, I think every two weeks it'll increment up by 500 points um, as a way to get people to like help learn how to play the game and like, you know, get, get used to 10th. So uh, that starts next weekend. So hopefully I'll, Hopefully I'll have some games to report on myself. And in eight weeks, I should have more games of 10th edition played than I had of ninth. <laughs> and if Richard, if you want to get together and try, uh, try some games, just let uh, me know. I Yeah. I would like to, to try and get in some games. Cause yeah, playing more 10th than I did ninth, uh, probably wouldn't be hard to do. <laughs> it's not a high bar so so yeah just let me know when you want to when you want to get together and we can definitely make that happen yep and then dennis you have you have a group there that you are trying to get regular games in when do you have a tournament coming up there that you might try to get into yep uh in theory 
the um, Common Ground Games in, in Dallas is still going to plan on doing their 1,000-point ones on the first Saturdays and the 2,000 on the third Saturday. So going to try and hit one or both of those in July and see how that goes. All right. Well, we are going to go ahead and, and wrap this one up. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with some uh, – we. We will be talking about our experiences getting more 10th edition games in. Uh, hopefully you all who are, are getting into some games have have good experiences. We'd love to hear back, for, uh, maybe start building towards a, uh, a mailbag episode in a couple episodes. So if you want to write in about your 10th edition experiences, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, but until then, from all of us here at Preferred Enemies, I'm your host, Rob. Kevin. Dennis and Richard. Good night, good gaming, and all speed ahead on the new edition. Preferred Enemies is an Undergopher Radio production and is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. Our theme music is Metal Slug 2 Super Vehicle 001-2 No Need to Reload, originally by Takushi Hayamuda and remixed by Roataka, courtesy of OC Remix. It can be found at ocremix.com. Miniatures. We build them, we paint them, we love them. That's why we also want to get them to the battle and back again safely. And that's where Kara Multicase comes in. They offer a complete model storage and transport system. They offer a wide selection of core trays for standard size miniatures, as well as custom cut trays for specific models. KR's trays are made of a soft foam, available in a variety of colors, that won't scratch or snag your models. And to protect the foam, the trays are carried in easily stackable, swappable cardboard cases. They also offer a full range of Kaiser bags, backpacks, and aluminum cases for transporting your KR cases. You can even choose from pre-built tray selections to suit your army, or use the autofill app to find just the right trays for your particular force. Whatever your game, 40K, X-Wing, Warm Hordes, or Historicals, KR Multicase has the cases to fit your needs. You can find out more at krmulticase.com. KR Multicase, soft foam for your figures, hard cases for the soft foam. Are you tired of playing on a boring battlefield? Do you want to step up the quality of your gaming table and make your battle look real? Then you need to check out the Battle Mats from Game Mat. They're professionally designed rubber-based mats are just what your gaming table needs. Available in a variety of styles, with everything from rolling grasslands to urban war zones, winter wastelands to alien deserts, there's a Game Mat mat to fit any kind of terrain. Their mats are padded, anti-slip, waterproof, and when you're done rolling dice and battling on your mat, just roll it up and stick it in the convenient carrying bag for easy transport and storage. And if you don't have a gaming table, they've got you covered with their folding Gboard portable gaming area and their line of pre-painted resin terrain. If you're ready to upgrade your gaming table, head over to www.gamemat.eu and find the gaming mat that's right for you. Game Mat, giving your armies the battlefield they deserve.